0: For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com. Hi, um, it's Wednesday night. I'm still weak from this stuff, but uh, I don't even have a sponsor, but I want to take a shot at just sharing a short uh, thought or vort. One parsha's bow, which I'm sure has been talked to death. After all, this is the one you do. A barren bow is the Pesach Seder. but uh, I'll show you something I noticed that I never noticed before, paid attention to, um, and therein perhaps lies a story. Uh, everybody knows parsha's bow. You yeah, bear with me. It's a just finding a week today. I started the rehab today, so. Um, but listen closely. We all know in Parshat HaChodesh as they call Vayim HaShem HaMosheh HaAron, Percubes if you prefer, Beretzin Shreim Leymar, HaChodesh Azel Lochem, Rosh HaChodeshim, etc. And then it says Dabru, so this is God speaking to Moses and Aaron. Dabru will call Dasmine Yisrael Leymar Dabru, I'll call Adas Ben Israel anymore. Speak to the whole Jewish people. Call Adas Ben Israel, the whole organized Jewish people. Be etc. So everybody should get a carbon pesach. And if you go, if you besook him later, in pasuk vav it says, ben And everybody should check the carbon pesach and air pesach. This is, of course, the first Passover in history. Fine. So, God tells Moshe and Aaron, I want you guys, Dabru is the plural, I want you guys to go and tell the whole Jewish people to acquire and then shech the carbon Pesach. But that ain't what happens exactly. Um, if you go ahead in this parakel base, uh Chabalov, so Moses calls all the elders of Israel, not the Jewish people. And he says, Mishku, you guys, the elders, the Zikanim, you go, Mishku, from Losh HaMashichah, go in a choir, choose out however you like, Rashi, it doesn't matter. And I want you guys to shake the karm and splash it on the doors. Okay. Now you see a problem. Hashem said, "Dabru called call Israel," but Moshe didn't do that. As a matter of fact, Moshe and Aaron didn't do it. Dabru is I want Moshe and Aaron to do it as a as a double act, and Rashi talks about that, but Moshe himself does it. And he only speaks to the elders. He doesn't speak to the whole Jewish people. Now, there are some uh, agathotas. I myself have dealt with them in Haggadah, Shalpesah. You know, Moshe screamed real loud and they heard him. But I'm going with the plain story. Um, See, he didn't follow orders. It's not the only time he doesn't seem to follow orders. One of the things about Moshe is that, you know, Hashem tells him to do something, he does something else. You find that at the end of the Parsha today. I've spoken about that um you know, in the past. You know, the the part about um uh, what do you call it? The the um you know, the para and the egla, and what's it called? You know, where you switch one for the other. Um you know, where Hashem says at the end, Kadashli Kobakar bornam by Lehu. Gobi the, the firstborn. Bottom of Ahima, emotion Says etc. 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 No, he goes through a whole business. Hashem, at least as far as we see, never told him to do, to say it that way. But okay, here you have a little bit more of a problem because Hashem said, "Go speak to the whole Jewish people," and he didn't do it. Now you might say, "Well, called Asmetsro means the big shots." It's Possible, possible to, to read it that way, but it doesn't seem that way. I noticed this for it because of a cheskuini who says, "By Moshe called I called He's supposed to speak to everybody, right? Ella, he wants to say like this. That it had to do with the Shritta. I think this is Shver, but I'm telling you what the cheskuini says. He's a rishon. Mitzes Taking a Karim Pesach, knows that every family or group of families should get an, a lamb, that was incumbent on the khal yisrael. But mitzvah shchita lo But the actual part about shechting, slaughtering them all, was for the elders. So you, the regular Jewish family, acquire a lamb, but then bring it to your elder, and he should do the shchita. Farvos, Hed Yotas kalkul because they might screw up the Shrita. like we would say today. Only a shochet knows that a shert, otherwise you can mess up. It could be a bad Chalaf, You could do the mafsida shritah, you know. You could, uh, you know, press or uh, chalod, you know, all, all the kind of things that you're not supposed to do. But a trained shochet knows what to avoid and what to and what to do. Now that is a weird shock if I've ever heard one, because there was no laws of Shrita at that time, obviously. Um, that came later correct uh did it matter really to their bunchlum how they're going to kill the animal i mean this is something we don't pay attention to but however it did say before isn't the so-called called is not that the language that it said doesn't mean the elders at least doesn't seem to mean the elders. I mean, maybe you want to make an argument that way. And what's this business that the Fiskuni is saying that they might get the Holcha schieter wrong? You know, I mean, let's put it this way. Is he really saying that after they shechted the animals, so then they had to do and they had to check all the goat, uh, the sheeps and the goats that they had, you know, whatever those things are in And you know what I mean? because I got I mean is that what they is that what they did now it's always possible and there's always a school of thought to say i Mavinu kept everything therefore the uh, the Jewish people kept everything eh, really let's put it this way they're stuck in the Mentes Shari they believe in the gods of Egypt they even believe in the gods of Egypt after they leave because they make a golden calf and similar phenomena. Even after they uh, have the Maimon as we all know, the sad story of the Chumash. And you're going to tell me like this. They believe in Ra. They believe in Tut. They believe in all kind of other Egyptian stuff. But the uh, they kept. In other words, glat kosher they were. You see? Well, it makes no sense. Now, I have known some people who are machmen on, on kashas. And they weren't machmen on other things. Like Rabbi Breuer used to say, it's not kosher, but it's also glat yosher. Not everybody's glat yosher. But this is ridiculous. So it, you know, it's a funny kind of chizkuni. However, it has the virtue, in my opinion, and that's all I can ever share with you, especially, I do not have the Koch to pick up any any books. You know, I have to read the chizkuni online. I can't pick up the, the heavy chumash. I'm not allowed to. So, um, at least it has the virtue of calling attention to this steer, to this contradiction. That earlier he says, Dabriel, call it Dazman If you want to follow what God told you, gather everybody together, however you do it. And Moshe didn't do that, but instead he addressed his uh, attention to the elders. I would, so it made me think, this Kizkuni, and it made me think along the following lines. The language of mishku Kamson is very famous and very weird. What do you mean, Um And you look at the regular Mepharshim, they try to explain this way, that way. The cutest of them, in my opinion, is the B'nai uh, who says the whole thing started with the kidnapping of Joseph. It says, They pulled him out of the pit. To sell him off as a slave to Egypt, so since you started with Mishiko, so say you end the slavery in Egypt with Mishko. It's a nice vort, you know, it's certainly not Pushup shot, but it's a nice vort. but I think, correct me if I'm wrong, that the most famous application, Mhkuson, is the Chazal. I don't know where it is. I'll tell you the truth I, I, my memory's not good, I, don't, I can't remember things right now because it is heart business. Um, but, you know, Mishku Mishku Kukulakam Kukulakam Get out of the Avodah Zorah, pull yourselves out of Avodah Zorah, and shek the animal. Um, even though Rashi, I don't think, brings it down. But you've heard that before, most of you listening to this podcast. Mishku So, That's already very interesting because it means that the central purpose of the Paschal Lamb, the Carbon Pesach, is precisely to kill the gods of Egypt. As Moshe said, uh, uh, if we kill the gods of Egypt, will the Egyptian people be able to hold themselves back from stoning us? They believe in this stuff. So, is it dangerous to do that? And that's exactly what God required. You have to make like a fish or cut bait. You know? You have to show that you believe in God and that you disbelieve in the power of the gods of Egypt. And the way to do it is to take the animal after the Farhassia too, which was quite an order. It'd be like living in a Arab neighborhood and cussing out Mohammed or something like that. Or in a black neighborhood and cussing out Martin Luther King. Whatever it, is. it ain't a good idea unless you really feel God is on your side. So, it was a big test. I've pointed out in the past that, indeed, you know, some achlokis and the michelta, I remember, did you have to paint the blood on the outside? Or maybe you could do it on the inside doorpost. Well, you know, the the, the, the tough Jews painted on the outside. But the scaredy-cat Jews, which would probably be many of us, painted on the inside. So at least the Egyptians don't see who took their God and painted the blood on the front door. That's like really throwing in their face. So, Mishchu <laughs> Yidech Now, Hashem said, you know, Shachtu Asol Kolkath Yisrael Boim. So when Hashem told Moshe, Go tell the Jewish people to do it. And Hashem said that, as we all know, two weeks before the Pesach, the original Passover. So it's a Nisoyen. Now, um, and that makes sense. The thing is, he told Moshe, you tell all the Jewish people to do it. Moshe doesn't agree with God. That's what seems to me. He says, I can't, this is no, this is my word. He says, I can't tell the Jewish people to do it because they won't be able to do it, they won't have the intestinal fortitude. And I can understand why not because there's a din of kulin and shita, and like I said, the elu trafis and all the rest of it. The act of killing an animal I don't care if he cut the throat, if he cut to this, he cut to that, whatever it was that itself was a heroic act of. Great faith in Messiris Nefesh. Literally Messiris Nefesh in the literal sense of the word. And that's a lot to ask from 600,000 people. No nation is composed of 600,000 heroes. That's how it goes. There's always a few heroes. And there are others that are non-heroes. They're followers or whatever. That's the, the rule. And so, Hashem says, Go tell the Jewish people everyone should check the animal, the god of Egypt. But Moshe says, eh, let me talk to the (laughs) Zekinim. Right? In other words, let's put it this way. It's going to be a tough sell. But you, who are the Zekinim of Yisachar, and of Zvulun and of Dunah, and of Tali, God, Usher, Yosef, and Yaman, and so on and so forth, all the twelve tribes, you know your guys. That's who you are. You're the Zekinim of the different tribes. You go and sell it to your people. Okay, I don't know if it means, like the chizkuni says, that I want you to do the actual ma'aseh because of Hulin considerations, misactis But you, you, you the zikanim, I expect a higher standard of, of behavior. You have accompanied me during the ten plays, and you are the believers. Um, and so you guys do it now. Withdraw yourselves from Avodah To you, the twelve elders, or twenty-four elders, however many there were, who are the elite among the Jews, you, I can give it straight. Which is this is an exercise in Mishlo Yidechem and Avodah This is what's being required of you today, and it's L'mishpachosechem. It's for your, not your family. Right? Mishpach them. The families of your tribes. You guys are all related. The Nossi of and the Zakanim of uh, Ruvain were related to all the Reubenites. And the Zakanim of, you know, Yeshua's Won, Don God, Usher, There were That's what it was. It was a patriarchal clan oriented society. That's who they were. And so you guys go and see to it that everybody shechs them. Uh, because you, the elders, I can get it across. If I tell everybody else, I'll get lip, I'll get resistance, I'll get and 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 it's no time for that because it's the afternoon of the first Passover, and it's got to be done now. And I can't have a committee to come and say, uh, you know, like a rabbi has in shul. I want to do this, and somebody says, well, why don't you do it that way? Or the board of directors has another way of doing it. Or I have an alternative way of doing it. If I draw you a cup. did you ever deal with that? If you're a rabbi of a shul, maybe a president of a show, you want to get something done, raise money. Instead of that, the guy says, instead of raising money, I have an alternative idea for the, for the program, for the concert. Heck with that. Who needs the alternative idea? We need to raise the money. So over here also, we have no time to discuss why should we paint it on the outside of the door? Maybe we should paint it in the living room, you know, something like that. And no time for this. And therefore, I'm speaking to the Z- Zikhanim. You guys are smarter than the others. That's why you're Zikhanim. And you've seen the miracles from day one, because Moshe performed them for the Zikhanim, as you know. And therefore, um, to to 12 or 20 or 30 people, I can explain, men <speaking in> Yedekim <Hebrew> Uh, To the Hamonam, it's going to be a harder sell. It's going to be a harder sell. Now, to back up what I'm saying, which is a suggestion, I don't know this, it is a famous uh, Chazal, or I think Rashi quotes it or whoever, that there were many people who refrained from offering the Karim Pesach. And it's only when they smelled the smell. Remember that Chazal? When they smelled the smell of the Karim Pesach, which apparently had a mystic aroma to it or something like that from Gan I forget exactly how that Chazal goes. I told you, I'm shmach. When they, oh, they say, oh, we want to eat from the garden Pesach. They said, well, you got to go and circumcise first and do all the rest of it. And, you know, when push came to shove, they did it. They did it. But um prior to that, not. So even on Pesach, don't think. There was like a movie. All of a sudden, everybody got a moon and faith. And they say, okay, here we go. It was a tough sell. And Moshe Rabbeinu, realizing this, therefore deviates from the exact instructions of God. I, how can Moshe do that? That's who the guy is. Throughout the Chumash, that's, in my opinion, the most interesting aspect of the relationship of Moshe Rabbeinu and the Rabbeinu Shalom, even in the Ten Commandments. Remember, God said, I'm going to show up in two days. And Moshe says, make it three days. Remember that Gemara and Shabbos, Moshe Hosef, Yom, and Medaito? And God talk appeared on the third day. So why doesn't God say this? I said two days. You're trying to improve on the divine? That's who Moshe is. You know, out of not out of a sense of pride or arrogance, but out of a sense of selflessness. See here also, Moshe says the best way to get this across is to speak to the elite, to the Zakanu. And get them to shecht the Pesach, and then I suppose, they'll once they finish shechting their Pesach, they'll go around to the rest of the people in their tribes and their clans and say, listen, I did it, and now it's your turn, buddy. And if the guy gives him any lip, all the rest of it, only does the kingdom of that tribe can do with the people of that tribe. If people from the Shavit of uh, dawn are argumentative, they'll have a zalkin who's argumentative. If they had the people from the Shavit of Naphtali are like very logical and mathematical. They'll have somebody like that as a Zalchian or a Zucan from their tribe and they'll argue in mathematical fashion and so on and so forth. Uh, so Moshe decentralizes God's command. He, you have over here sort of like the beginnings of what will eventually become a Sanhedrin in the Parshish Yisrael. But from the very first moment, you see that it wasn't simple or Moshe Rabbeinu didn't feel it was right to have an unmediated relationship with the Jewish people. He rather preferred mediation. By what I mean is, it's not Moshe went and told everybody go shak the Karm Bezov. He told the elders, and they tell the others. Okay? Uh, now again, to the elders, you can say, just flush all that Avotazar down the toilet. It's over, done with. God's going to destroy and we'll call it el and, uh, and are the thing of the past. To a canine. you can talk like that. Hamunam, the men, the women, the children, there were probably plenty of people You couldn't talk like that. So even when they had the original Pesach, it doesn't automatically mean that everybody says, yes, we're dropping our Egyptian religious police and we're moving from the Menta Shaituma to the opposite. To the, to the Hamishim Shari kedusha, whatever they call it. t'ahara. No. Uh, many people observed the first Passover a kind of a gray zone. Uh, no question about it that it was a dramatic event, and no question about it that, you know, it culminated in the Egyptians kicking them out of the country, and no question about it that it showed that Hashem is uh, more powerful than the gods of Egypt. But, you know... It's always possible we metarz the bureau and say, maybe it was a fluke, it was a bad day, or maybe the Egyptian gods exist in some um, subordinate capacity, which is also a bizarre. and I allowed to believe in gods existing in a subordinate capacity to the higher being. Uh, to say that everybody just dropped it because they saw the Charlton Heston movie, you know, is a kind of silly. Um, we're we're de- What I'm trying to get across, and with this I'll conclude, is the first Pesach, the first Passover must have been a time for many, many Jews of profound inner turmoil and profound conflictedness. On the one hand, they want to go with the new religion, the Judaism. On the other hand, they're still stuck a lot of it in the old. And, you know, you can take, as it say, you can take uh, Santa Claus out of Virginia. You can't take Virginia out of Santa Claus. You know? You can take the Jews out of Egypt, that's easier, as you and I know from the story of the than taking Egypt out of the Jews, than taking Egypt out of the Jews. So it turns out that Moshe's deviation from the exact words was part of a, I think, part of a a thought-out strategy, which reveals a great deal in my mind about the mindset of the B'nai Yisrael on the occasion of the most uh, amazing miracles. We sit on Pesach at the Seder. I don't think we, we look at it this way. Maybe because we're focusing on other things or the kids have, you know, projects they want to show everybody. But it must have been a profoundly um, uncomfortable occasion for a lot of people to completely surrender their old beliefs and say, you know, all the gods of Egypt is a figment of imagination. None of it exists. All those statues, all those pyramids, it's just nothing. It's garnished. Um, that takes a lot of... of, of uh, That's a leap of faith, so to speak. You understand? They don't exist in any fashion whatsoever. No. It's, it's, it's like I say, a figment of the imagination. Uh, you know, even in America, people get wrapped up in fantasy things, and a lot of people believe in Star Trek or whatever, you know, at one level or another. And Demis is it's a show. There's nothing real about it whatsoever. To be able... To look at a very popular phenomenon, an almost universal phenomenon, and say, you know, the whole thing is just a fantasy. The whole thing has no mid at all. It's, in, in terms of facticity, it's all baloney. From top to bottom, there's not a single piece of truth in it. It's not so simple as you would imagine. Anyway, that's what occurred to me in partial uh, Bow. And with that, I'm going to close down the store. I wish everybody a good week. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com.